I have DDP here with me right now. Uh, big news. Uh, January 4th, you're launching the DDP Snake Pit podcast on Podcast Heat. Uh, you and Jake Roberts have uh, a, a storied relationship. You have uh, you did a documentary with each other. Uh, why is the right time for this podcast? Like what kind of went into the decision? Well, for starters, I've been back when I was first with Jericho and Steve Austin on their podcasts on Podcast One, Norm. He, he, he wanted me to do a podcast bad. He's like, dude, you have to be doing a podcast. Like, nah, I have no desire. And, you know, and I've been, had so many people approach me wanting, you know, just like, I'll be like the Conrad, you know, like, I'll be the, I'll do everything. Blah, blah, blah. Like, dude, I have no desire. You know, I don't, I've got so many things going. It's the last thing I want to do. And then we've done interviews, me and Jake, you know, just like when he first got done with, you know, uh, resurrection and he was out for a year on his own. And then we had one like three years later. And then we had one like, you know, two years later. And then it was like three years went by. We hadn't done anything. And he freaking stayed with me all through COVID and all sorts of shit. Uh, and we just never did it. And I said, man, we got to do like just a follow up. Like, where is Jake Roberts right now? Mm -hmm. And he goes, yeah, I'm going to be up in Atlanta. Can I stay with you? I'm like, dude, you know, you can always stay with me. He goes, well, let's do the podcast, not podcast. Let's just do the uh, interview. When I got when I got there, I was like, okay. So he was going to the airport. So that morning we went over and did it. And when he left, he texts me, you have really upped your game. He goes, your storytelling is at an all-time high level. And, you know, the way you panned it you know put everything back on me and we bounced back and forth he goes you really knew how to handle me and and he got through so much information he goes we need to do a podcast no he said no he said we really need to do this and i text back do what he goes a podcast i said dude i have no i could think of the phone i called you i have no desire to do that he said i want to do it with you and I said, all right, you're going to come up here all the time for this shit? Because I'm not going down there. Because I, I want to film us together. And he's like, yeah, I'll come up. I'll, I will come up. I want to move back to Atlanta anyway. And I said, I'll only do it if we can get Conrad Thompson involved. Because Conrad, podcast, he, like, I watched, pod, I watched Conrad from before all in with AEW and him starting to do the podcast thing. And he was doing it with Pritchard and by that time and Bischoff and, and he tells me he's going to do like a podcast signing with some of the boys. And at that time it was five podcasts and maybe about 20 of the boys are going to be there. And he's going to you know rent out the area at the hotel do it like the weekend that they're up there for all in. And by the time it was said and done, man, there must have been 40 podcast people and 120 plus of the boys. Plus, he called me up and wanted me to do a DDP one workshop there because he knew, like, fucking dude, we have so many people here. You will fucking sell it out. <clears throat> and I had to really shut it down when we got to 150 people. And uh, like 150 people 
inspiration means perspiration, like me talking and then all of them working out with me and starting with the Diamond Dozens, teaching different and new people who are there. Like, and for people who are doing it, this is how you really do it. And they build us up a stage and a, we filmed it. <clears throat> it was amazing, man. I mean, I was blown away by what Conrad Thompson was doing there. And him and his wife, Ric Flair's daughter, mm-hmm. they were running all over the place. They had never done anything like this. And it reminded me of me and my business partner, Steve Yu. We do shit all the time. Uh, we start filming our new show in February called Change or Die. And that's going to be a show that's going to be on television. And we're, we've never done it before, but we never did a documentary before the resurrection of Jake the Snake. And, that, and I will put that up against any documentary anywhere that has to do with going from Jake looking like death to friggin' wanting to die to changing his life. So, you know, for me, you know, it, when I watch Conrad do all that, and you have to understand, we got a multi-million dollar mortgage company. <laughs> and we're the eighth podcast that he's added. So, you know, that's why I said, I said, we can get Conrad. And Connie and I are really tight. And he loves my positive attitude. And he, and he knew that this podcast would not be negative shit. You know, a lot of guys will, you know, they get in that spot and then they bust other guys' balls and they tell stories that they're not really telling with that guy right there. You know what I mean? Like, tell that fucking story when I'm there. Then it's a story. Yeah. Don't fucking tell a story about me that's going to bust my balls and I'm not there because you're a fucking coward if you tell stories like that. Tell them when I'm there, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and I'll gladly go along with anybody anywhere because <laughs> yeah, I know who I am and I know how I live my life and I know I'm eccentric as fuck, <laughs> you know, um, <clears throat> but that's makes me who I am. And that's why we have, it took eight years for me to be an overnight success in professional wrestling. And when that success landed <laughs> going in the end of 1996 and 97, it fucking exploded. It took me eight years to become an overnight success with Dini Piyoga. That was 10 years ago this May. And we went from, I was $548,000 in, not making a dime, just putting money in, putting money in, putting money in until it went. And it's just about timing and being relentless. And the crazy thing is, I moved out to L.A. in 2002 to follow my acting dreams because I'd already done a couple of movies while I was wrestling. But I really wanted to do it seriously. And it was hard for people, you know, because I was off TV for so long. If I would have left and never went to WWE, went right to Hollywood, it would have been a way easier trek for me. But nothing ever comes easy to me. It's something I've got to work and I got to stick with. I got to keep putting the work in. And yeah, I've done a couple of movies that are pretty cool, but nothing that really has any like last to it uh, that you know can turn into one thing into another. But this year, coming up, 2022, 20 years later, we've got Guardians of Justice coming out. And it's an Adi Shankar experience. And we're a Netflix original. And it's my show. So like so much shit coming up 
in 2022 from all the hard work all the way through. And the snake pit, and I wanted to just call it snake pit. And Conrad's like, we got to have your name in there. And then one of the other guys said, how about DDP snake pit? And I said, Jake, you okay with that? Like, it's not like me upstating the snake, you know? Yeah. He's like, no, I love it. I was like, okay, perfect. So that's what we did. And it's going to be different. You know, we've already got the first two in the can. Starts uh, January 4th. And the reason why we did our first two episodes the way we did was because um, a lot of people know the resurrection of Jake the Snake and they know what I've done for Jake, but they really don't know what Jake did for me. And I want people to know, like, why I, you know, like, a lot of people thought I was moving, like, two addicts, junkies into my house. I wasn't doing that. I was taking two, two of my buddies. But it started with Jake. You know, I just want to help them turn their lives around. Because both him and Scott Hall, you know, Scott Hall and I have helped each other, and he's helped me, and I've helped him. And, you know, who dropped the NWO before me? Nobody. And that put me on a rocket that fucking, you know, the only thing that could have sealed it better was Randy Savage asking to walk, work with me and then put me over. Like, nobody told Randy he was putting me over. That was Randy's choice. Yeah. You know, yeah. so that's why it's going to be different because I'm going to tell him, I'm going to, I'm going to just, we're going to talk. And Jake, and he has no idea what I'm going to say. And I have no idea what he's going to say. And what's beautiful of having Conrad in this, this show is more like you get to be a fly on the wall of me and Jake just talking to Conrad. You know, and, you know, he, he's the one who asked the questions and then we lead it. And those first two episodes... <clears throat> we uh, we talk about why, how, because it's such a crazy fucking story. Like, my whole career is a crazy fucking story. Did you get to listen to uh, Austin's podcast uh, that came up? Broken Skull? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, 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 there's two podcasts that I've been on that I've watched. Rogan and that one. Those are two amazing podcasts that for me, I'm at my best, you know, uh, I don't listen to any or watch anything because <laughs> I know who the fuck I am. I know what I say, but to get to watch it back with someone like Steve leading the way or Rogan, who we don't even know, we didn't know each other, mm -hmm. you know, uh, it was just a lot of fun. And I think this right here is going to be really cool. I think people are going to dig knowing the behind the scenes, behind the scenes. <clears throat> and then we get into just life. Uh, and one of the things we're going to make a staple for the first eight weeks, which I'm shocked no one has done yet, is week to week, we're going to review heels. Have you seen it yet? Loved it. Nobody talked about it, though. Yeah. Nobody, like... Broke it down, like for fans to do it. Yeah, that go. You know, it would be fans doing it, but when you got two Hall of Famers doing it and mm -hmm. breaking it down, like here's what I saw. Never saying shit to Jake. You know, like I said, you watch it. 
I'll watch it. We'll talk about it there. Yeah. And yeah, I love that. Yeah, it's going to be really cool. Um, the really interesting part. And a lot of it, like Conrad, Conrad is a plethora of knowledge. And when he doesn't know, he's listening to us and he's looking up Mm -hmm. and and he's finding it. And what's really going to be cool is the Rogan effect or the Austin effect of having, you also can see us if you choose to, you know, Mm -hmm. let's not just listen, but we've got pictures and video and all the shit that pulls it together. Mm-hmm. So that's a really cool part. And, um, you know, unless you're on a, a show like Austin or, or Rogan, you really don't get that shit, you know, yeah. but we're going to have it. And, and I just listened to what Conrad said. He said, no one's doing what we're doing. Like, yeah. And he does seven podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I, know where the fuck he finds the time, but he does seven podcasts. Having, now, having, eight, Having him try to find something that that's new to him, it doesn't happen too often, but you have that. But, you know, one of the things I think is cool about the video aspect is, uh, at least when it comes to podcasts, is there's a lot of nuance lost in just listening to audio. And I think you and Jake are very good at adding some of the that you know some some of the little details where you can see it visually like based on mannerisms and stuff so uh, i I think that's going to be really cool but um one thing i did want to go back and ask you you mentioned it uh about eight years in to your wrestling career and then being eight years into you know starting your own brand did you at the time or maybe in hindsight see any parallels between like reaching that you know, sort of breakthrough point in wrestling versus your brand? Yeah, 100%. Like, you know, it's in wrestling, I could feel places that I was getting over, you know, and my money got a little better, mm-hmm. got a little better. But in 97 and 98, and you know, that's when I was over insanely fucking headlining one main event pay per view or Nitro or Thunder main event everywhere. Bring in, Everybody's making seven figures. I'm making $275,000. Sounds like a lot of money still. And it was. But after I paid for all my shit, that's like making a buck 50. You know, buck yeah. 75. I, everybody else is making millions of dollars. But I'm not. So even though my shit exploded, it didn't explode financially yet. Until my next contract. And I could have resigned and changed it and they would have given me a huge bump but it wouldn't have been what i wanted because if they didn't give it to me i was going to wwf you know and really all my signs to me was i was going to go to wwf at some point i didn't think i'd end up going the way i went because i didn't think there'd be no company you know i didn't think that would happen you know but it did and that sucked because now I was the enemy coming in and had no idea. And we, we talk about it on Austin's podcast. You know, we talked about that. Um, that's what's really interesting about Steve's. Like there's little bits and pieces of in there about me and Jake, but not all the Jake story. Um, but there's bits and pieces of it in there. I loved about how Steve did it. Like, 
they they ran the whole course of my career like two hours you know into it you know and they did a really good job with it uh as far as the how i it was if, if you ever want to see another great documentary besides resurrection of jake the snake i'm wearing the shirt right now relentless that's really the story for me blowing my back out to where we are today and what's great is stone cold steve austin's in it jared goes in it the guys that went on this ride with me were are in it and they talk about it, you know and it's everything from resurrection to you know it's got a little piece of everything in it um but those first eight years they were hard man you know plus i went through a really hard divorce because when me and kimberly broke up that killed me and it was my fault <laughs> i had no one to play but myself uh but she was really good to me when it came to, you know, you get a divorce, your wife takes everything. Mine didn't. Mm. She took, she wanted, she wanted to split up and she want and, and it was just mainly because she needed someone to be able to be really active with her. And I'm still a Ferrari, but I got 998,000 miles on me. So I'm not riding horses unless I'm in a movie. You know, I'm not skiing. I'm not mountain climbing. You know, I'm not doing all that shit. And she needed someone that could do that shit with her. And I wasn't that guy. And I said to her, I said, you know, if you know, you leave, then, you know, if you want to keep our relationship who we are for 13 years, like, you got to take what I gave you, what I give you. And she did. And then when we got right down to it, I was like, I'm going to give you half. And she was like, nope, deal's a deal. And because she did that, I was able to throw 548000 And I had about another 150 to go on it. I would have put me over seven of cash that was taxed already. So that's really like a million three, a million two. And uh, it finally clicked. You know, but Jericho was a piece of that. You know, we changed the name, DDP Yoga. Today we're branding it DDP. Why? Why? Because I want people to stop calling it just fucking yoga. You know, because it's not. Um, but Chris, when he came on and he saw that disabled veteran video, that was huge for me. When that video went viral, but it, this, let me back up because it hadn't gone viral yet. But I knew what happened, and I knew the story, and I knew that this is something that really looks impossible. Like a lot of my buddies, when it finally went viral, called me and said, "Hey, baby," he said, "You know, I've had like at least ten of my, my bros call me and say, dude, is this a work?'" I'm like, "No, dude, this is freaking." His son filmed everything, and I knew. It was a shoot from A to Z. And that gave me belief. And then I get on that mat and I wear off all that stress and I just keep going. But if it wasn't for Kim doing right by me, you know, it's funny because since 10 years ago, she's got way more money than she would have ever got if it was under divorce. <laughs> and she owns a piece of the company. Mm -hmm. So, uh, 
Yeah, so it was really hard. If you watch Relentless, you'll see. And anybody who's trying to do a business on their own, anybody who's trying to be inspired, looking for something inspiring, watch Relentless. Because you'll see, man, there's times I go down and I talk about it, you know, and I'm real open about it because everybody goes down. The key is you just can't stay there or you're fucked, you know? Yeah, and if you want to check it out, uh, Relentless is on Amazon Prime right now. Yeah. So good opportunity to check that out. Uh, you know, one of the things that also I think appeals about DDP Snake Pit is similar to how DDP Yoga is not just yoga. It's not just mm-hmm. a wrestling podcast. It's more, you know, some helpful life advice, uh, using your personal stories to help or at least just inspire somebody like much like resurrection did. And much like your, your brand is there to help people. I think, you know, going in, people are going to be able to look at this new project in a similar way where, you know, everybody can get something out of it. Like, like what you just said, you're down, but you got to get yourself back up. Even just that little, you know, that little spark, if you want to call it that. You know, it's funny because my, my business partner, Steve, you, he's like, I create the stories. He tells them like, we have something that's coming. That's out right now, but it's not the final part of it. It's a story of this guy named Ted, Ted Evans started with me and my, one of my other partners, Dr. Craig Aaron, I call him the yoga doc, um, started working with us when he was 68. This is 20 years ago. Now he's 87. And for his 87th birthday, Steve came up with the idea of we need to do something really big for Ted. Because you know, you'll see, like, there's, there's workouts that are on my, i got over 300 workouts. But there's workouts with Bron Breaker, Bronson Steiner, mm-hmm. where he's a stud of studs, is working out with me and him. And then Harold Hogue's two sons, which are like 20 and 23. Harold was ice trained uh, in WCW back in the day. They're thoroughbreds in their 20s. Then there's Harold, who's 55. There's me, there's my wife, who's 47. And then there's Ted, who's 87 all doing the workout together. So Steve knew that we, you know, we do all this stuff with Ted and he's such a part of our community. We had to do something really big with him. And Steve's idea was to teach him the break dance. And I was like, no, break dancing. He'll never be able to do that. He goes, how about hip hop? And I'm like, that would be interesting. All I will tell you, Bill, is to watch the teaser that's up right now on DDP Yoga. It's the beginning of magic. Because you're going to look at this guy who's from Birmingham, Alabama. <clears throat> Last 50 years, have his 87, 60 years, Cobb County, Georgia. And this white boy coming in at 87. And I'm not going to say what he's going to do because it's in the video. But when you see it, finished which is coming out probably new year's eve when that breaks it's magic and people are gonna laugh and be like oh my god that's amazing 
Like the entire cast is seniors, except for one guy who plays Little John. And everyone else is 58 to 87. The women are 58 to 79. And none of them are dancers except for one lady who was just a dancer. She's not like, uh, you know, she's not like, uh, uh, like a professional dancer, you know, mm-hmm. in her, in her late fifties, but she's really good. But the rest of them, you got, when you see them and you see the, we grab an artist and he's up top and Ted's below. And it's pretty amazing. It's pretty much magic. So uh, really excited about that. But I brought Steve you up because whenever we're filming these first two episodes, and he'll be there at all of them, afterwards he said, wow. He said, I was really blown away how inspirational Jake was. And that's who Jake's become. Like, he's that guy who came from the darkest, darkest pit of hell and has turned his life around. And when I first went down to film and you see him day one with the T-shirt on and he's 300 pounds and can't even get out of the chair. And his brain is so fucked up with his junk and crack and coke and pills and, and booze and me and Steve drove away that day. And he said, so what do you think? I said, I don't know if I will ever be able to have a real conversation with my buddy again. Because Jake was the smartest guys I've ever known. Jake is brilliant. And he is insanely brilliant when it comes to wrestling. He's Yoda. And after eight years of sobriety and defogging, Yoda is back. Now, he still has a few short memory things from a lot of hits in the head, but that's something that's sharp as a tack right now. Mm-hmm. And all he cares about is helping other people because there's nothing that makes you feel better than that. Nothing. I mean, I've been lucky enough to make a living at it, you know, but eight years it took to get there. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, it's so great to see him at this point. And, you know, it, it's only going to get better for him, for anybody that gets a chance to either reconnect with him or maybe for the first time. Like, I know he's involved with AEW right now. So there, there's a whole new generation of talent that could benefit from his knowledge. It's just it's just really great to see. Uh, and you think master of the DDT, uh, you're the master of the diamond cutter. Uh Two all-time great finishing moves. Um, and and, and you, I know you've talked before about how he said, you know, you, you kind of just re- yourself reinvented the DDT with the diamond cutter. Uh, so I guess I'll ask you this. Uh, is there a move that you're, you kind of see out there now that maybe you think could be the, the next great finisher instead of somebody perfecting your move? Is there one out there that mm. you think you could know, be I- the next... I haven't seen it yet. There's, there's some, you know, to me at this point, it's so hard to create something new because these kids, they've thought of everything. Like they've, they've come up with diamond cutters. I've never even dreamed of, 
You know, like there's got to be, like I created 50 different ways of doing it. Randy Orton created another 50. You know, uh, all these guys and these independent shows and, you know, all these, you know, young workers to the guys up in, you know, up in uh, AW and, and WWE, they've all got some way into it. There's probably 300 ways in that move now. <laughs> you know, you, you talked about me reinventing the move. You know, for people who never heard this story, it's something I talk about in our history. You know, in 1997, you know, I'm hot as fuck. And I get a call. I hadn't talked to Jake in, at that point in a couple of years. Not a couple of years, probably about a year. We just had lost touch with each other because he was on a roll and I was busy as fuck. And I pick up the phone and all I heard was congratulations. I said, Jake, mm -hmm. is that you? Yeah. I said, congratulations for what? Reinventing the DDT. When Yoda tells you <laughs> you know, that you've recreated the best move up until, you know, I created the, the diamond cutter. And it wasn't the move. It was the way we got into it. Because Johnny Ace was the first one to grab a guy by the neck and throw the peace sign up and kick his feet out. That's just another move. Steven Regal taught me the cravat. And when I grab you in that move and I put that headlock on you, unless you're Brock Lesnar, you know, you ain't getting out of it. Like, I got you, I got you. And uh, it's out of nowhere. You know, the original out of nowhere is the DDT. Jake didn't come up with that many ways into it, but it was enough because mm -hmm. nobody did it like that. He probably had five different ways into it, but he also had five different ways out of it. You know, like you'd go to lock him and the guy would run him into the turnbuckle. Mm -hmm. You know, whatever. And he did all that. That was all him. You know, I get it. You, or he just let it go because too many people were cheering for him. So the heel would let him go. It's like one, two, and pick the head up, you know, which you rarely ever see anymore. Um, but, uh, you know, it was the instantaneousness of that move that made it reinvent the DDT. And what was really amazing for me, and I never, Johnny Laurinaitis was number two in that company up in WWE right now. <clears throat> you know, he, he's ahead of all of the talent and, one of Vince's very good friends, you know, and um, him and I were super tight. You know, I, I helped him big time when we were younger, and but vice versa, we helped each other. But he started taking it out of nowhere after he saw me doing that. And then he came up with a bunch of ways, but he never told me. And I didn't realize till like probably eight years ago. And I saw a compilation reel of Johnny Ace. And it was all these different ways that did Ace Crusher. 
And I called him up. I go, hey, motherfucker, you never told me that you started going, taking the freaking ace crusher out of nowhere. He goes, hey, he goes, I saw what you did. You saw what I did. We came up with it together. Yeah. And I was like, that's tremendous. I go, you son of a bitch. He was just laughing, you know, that I'd never seen it. And, uh, you know, it was, it was a huge uh, prop to me, you know, that the guy who gave me that took that. Because it's all about well, how do you make it the next part of that move? Like, what makes you go, oh! And if you watch, uh, you watch or listen to uh, DDP State, you'll find out how Jake came up with that, you know, and, and his words, how he came up with it. You know, uh, really cool to listen to. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait to get into that. Uh, January 4th, the big launch, uh, DDP Snake Pit on Podcast Heat. Uh, can't, I already said it. Can't wait to, I'm, I'm showing my excitement by stuttering, but I That's can't good. wait to check it out. <laughs> uh, two great minds of the wrestling business, Conrad. You can't deny what he's done for the podcast world. So, mm-hmm. you know, a really great team. Uh, once again, I wanted to say thanks very much for the time today uh, and congratulations to you. I know you just pulled off a surprise wedding, which that was amazing. <laughs> was great, to, was... great to read about. Uh, so I will say congratulations to you and the wife. Let me let me let, let me tell you what Jericho said. Jericho texted me. It was so classic. Oh, let me see if we can find I got I got to read it because I want to. I want to quote him exactly what he says. <laughs> There's that's the most over guy in professional wrestling to me. That's the most over cap. When you can walk to the ring and every fucking person in the arena is singing your number one hit song, like unbelievable. Unbelievable. So happy for him. He wrote. Congratulate, congrats, dude. What a great idea. You are a classy mofo. Page and page. Now, when someone says go fuck yourself, you can. (laughs) (laughs) I laughed so hard. I read it to my wife, Paige, who spells her name P A Y G. And very few people I let call me Paige. Because that was my original name. Mm-hmm. Uh, but very few people, I, he's one of the people that I do without, you know, Cody. There's a handful of guys who really know me and they insist on calling me Paige Bischoff, uh, you know. But my name is Dallas Page. But when I met her 10 years ago, same time, this is the weekend that my video of the disabled veteran that Steve you did. He redid it and it went, it went viral and it blew our company up. It gave us a different level of credibility. And uh, I met Paige. She was in TSA line and she was in front of me. And I'm thinking this girl is smoking. And uh, she looked back at me and she said, Hey, are you, are you Ira Dean's friend? I said, yeah, I just spent the weekend with him. I was doing this charity thing out here. And this is the weekend. Everything's going crazy viral. And she was a yogi. And she goes, you're Paige, right? I said, yeah, okay, yeah. She goes, so am I. I go, so are you what? She goes, my name's Paige. 
I spelled with P-A-Y-G-E. And I said, get out of here. She goes, swear to God. And that's how we started talking. And nothing happened right away, but that was our initial. Mm-hmm. And she just wanted to tell me how much she appreciated me helping the veteran because she saw the video. And she goes, I'm a yogi. I've been a yogi at that point. She was a yogi for like five years. She's like, uh, what you did with that veteran is unbelievable. Like, thank you so much for sharing that with him. And uh, I was like, oh, great. And so that's how I met my my lady. And uh, we dated earlier, maybe about a year or so later, a couple of times. And I just walked away from her. She's like 18 years younger than me. And, you know, my last wife, like I told you, she needed somebody to do all that, yo know, shit. This one runs 100-mile races. Not anymore, but she did then. You know, she climbed Mount Kilimanjaro and Mount Fuji, and, like, she's a stud. And uh, when we got back together, she had stopped doing that stuff. She still does super outdoors woman, but she made my wife look like a wallflower. My wife is a, was a my first wife, Kimberly, was a, a super athlete. And so that's why I broke up with her. But then when we came back, it was like the perfect timing. And when I threw her that surprise wedding, she had no idea. And it was it was magic. We'll probably come out with a video at Valentine's showing how it happened. And we'll interview her and me and Steve. And my daughter, Brittany, was very essential in putting it together. And this is, I'll leave you with this. I can't pronounce her name, but she writes for Essentially Sports. It's something like Savanji Sin Quad, Quadri, Quadri, whatever. I can't pronounce it. She said, there are surprise parties. There are surprise birthday parties. But what about a surprise wedding? It seems Diamond Dallas Page has brought a new trend to town. And it's brilliant. <laughs> uh, my wife has done some unbelievable shit in her life. And this is the favorite moment in her life. So to be able to take that from Mount Fuji and Kilimanjaro and all those others, you know, um, Peru, whatever. I can't remember the name of the place, but Machu Picchu and all that. And this is her favorite moment. Pretty cool.